0: confession. We've been going through this week by week here at Redemption Hill um, just as a way for us to know what we believe, why we believe that, and to help us communicate that in an effective way. They essentially, um, they act kind of like when you're bowling as the little safety uh, blockers for people like me who can't bowl so we don't go off the sides and into um, really heretical territory. Um, So we'll go ahead and we'll read this now and we'll break down uh, the section we're on today. We're on Article 9, which is titled, The Scriptural Witness on the Trinity. And it says, All these things we know from the testimonies of Holy Scripture, as well as from the effects of the persons, especially from those we feel within ourselves. The testimonies of Holy Scriptures, which teach us to believe in this Holy Trinity, are written in many places of the Old Testament, which need not be enumerated but only chosen with discretion. In the book of Genesis, God says, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his image. Indeed, male and female, he created them. See, the man has become like one of us. It appears from this that there is a plurality of persons within the deity. When God says, Let us make humankind in our image, and afterwards... God indicates the unity in saying God created. It is true that God does not say here how many persons there are, but what is somewhat obscure to us in the Old Testament is very clear in the New. For when our Lord was baptized in the Jordan, the voice of the Father was heard saying, This is my Son, the Beloved. The Son was seen in the water, and the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of a dove. So, in the baptism of all believers, this form was prescribed by Christ baptize all people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the gospel, according to Luke, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, the mother of our Lord, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And in another place, it says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. There are three that testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. In all these passages, we are fully taught that there are three persons in the one and only divine essence, and although this doctrine surpasses human understanding, we nevertheless believe it now through the Word, waiting to know and enjoy it fully in heaven. Furthermore, we must note the particular works and activities of these three persons in relation to us. The Father is called our Creator by reason of His power. The Son is our Savior and Redeemer by His blood. The Holy Spirit is our sanctifier by living in our hearts. This doctrine of the Holy Trinity has always been maintained in the true church. From the time of the apostles until the present, against Jews, Muslims, and certain false Christians and heretics, such as Marcion, Manny, Praxius, Sibelius, Paul of Semisata, Arius, and others like them, who were rightly condemned by the Holy Fathers. And so, in this matter, we willingly accept the three ecumenical creeds, the apostles, Nicene, and Athanasian, as well as what the ancient fathers decided in agreement with them. And so we've made our way through through this article of the belgic and we've made our way through scripture in establishing the foundation from which we draw the complex and mysterious doctrine of the holy trinity completing uh, the opening line of quote all these things we know from the testimonies of holy scripture now today though we will move on to where it says as well as from the effects of the persons especially from those we feel within ourselves There's this old saying that essentially goes, theology that has not become biography is wishful thinking. And what this means is that the Christian doctrine and Christian living must go hand in hand. In the reform camp at large, there is often a hesitation to speak of experience, um, probably due to an overreaction to some hyper-Pentecostalism or something of that nature. But we here, uh, uh, in the confession here, it is clearly stated and acknowledged that we know not just based on Scripture, but based in our very real experiences. First, in God the Father, it says, Our Creator, by reason of His power. We experience the Father both in our physical creation and in our spiritual. Spiritually, He is our Father, from the eternal point of view in election, and from the temporal view in adoption. To these spiritual facts, Calvin said we know by God's declaring it to us in Scripture, in His Word, and also experience vouches for it sufficiently. With the Son, which the Belgic says is our Savior, Redeemer by His blood, we know via experience that we are born sinful and that we live sinful lives, and that we are in desperate need of redemption. We need to be freed from bondage and passed through the Red Sea of Christ's blood to be saved. And we experience this if we have been given faith to believe in Christ. And we then continue to experience this in receiving the benefits of Christ's work in the Lord's Supper and Communion, where the sacrament feeds and nourishes our souls. How this works, Calvin, again, admitted it is quite mysterious. But he added, quote, I rather experience it than understand it. Lastly, to the Holy Spirit, our sanctifier, the Belgic says, by living in our hearts. We must experience, as Christians, the ongoing sanctifying work of the Spirit through our lives. But the question is how? Do we... Experience the Holy Spirit by forcing ourselves to work, to work, to work, to do, to do, to do, to become? No. We experience him through the means of grace, the preaching of the holy gospel, and the giving of the holy sacraments, whereby we hear the voice of the Spirit, creating faith in our hearts to see, touch, taste, and even smell his grace to us as he confirms us in our faith and transforms us from glory to glory. Make no mistake, however, we, of course, experience the triune God through our weeks. Of course we do. But so elevated is the Lord's day today. So particular is the experience, this experience The massive denial by the American church of what the word really and truly does when it's preached and what the sacraments really and truly are has resulted in us trying to replace the God-ordained means of grace with really man-ordained means of nothing less than hype. And the question is, where has it gotten us? We must be called back to the truth that our forefathers held ever so preciously. That here and now we are in a holy place, taking part in the means in which the triune God ordained that we experience him.